1: Welcome to the NFL, Rookie. What's happening, guys? Happy Thursday. Yep, that's right. Happy Thursday. And welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On today's show, we are going to be one show away from wrapping up our 2022 rookie class. On today's show, we are going to be talking rookie buys and sells. So who are the rookies from the 2022 rookie class that we are buying and selling? Now, I don't have my main man, the man of the hour, and the man with the power with me, uh, but I do have the host of our rookie show. Uh, If you've never listened to the Rookie Rundown, first of all, you must be new here, so welcome. Thank you for joining us. And two, uh, you're going to hear a lot from this guy in the next coming months because this is his time to shine over here at the Dynasty Warzone Football Network. My co-host tonight is the host of the Rookie Rundown, Mr. Dallas Hyder You can follow Dallas on Twitter at Salad Galore. That's Dallas backwards, Salad with two L's. Galore. Dallas, man, it's been a little while.
0: Yeah, it's been a hot second, but it's uh, a great episode to be rejoining the fold for the normal DWZ crew here. Uh, stepping in for Jerry like it's my job. And uh, we'll see what we can do tonight. Uh, talk some rookies from 2022 and start dabbling into the 2023 class as well as my Bears. So kind of excited.
1: Yeah. So so if if you tuned in for the headline at the end of the show, we are going to do a good person. Interesting tweet. It's not a bad tweet. Um, we're going to do a little promoting. We, we have a couple of things we're going to do. Um, I'm just going to be real honest. I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit the regular season for me is a grind and i think it is for a lot of content creators especially in the dynasty space but i will tell you right now that uh we are past the season you know this is the part where a lot of dynasty podcasts take their foot off the off the gas pedal a little bit they relax they chill out you know me um, again tonight we're going to cover some 2022 rookie content This coming Tuesday, we're going to put our final 2022 podcast to bed. And then the following Tuesday after that, we're going to start rookies here on the main show. Dallas, what do you got coming up with the the rookie rundown?
0: Yeah, rookie rundown is about to be in full swing. So I was waiting until after the national championship game to do my full, uh, I guess we'll call them like game breakers for the rookie class that actually appeared in bowl games Um, There was actually a surprising number that did play and didn't opt out this year. And I think that speaks a little bit to the class depth as opposed to, you know, the guys not being good. Um, So I've got the breakdown of the bowl game standouts. um, My take on some, you know, offensive and some IDP guys, I'm going to try to do a little bit of both throughout the off season here. And then we jump right in. Um, I'll be doing my very early positional rankings to start off. And then we start diving into positional fits um, the guys that I'm avoiding. I'm going to spend a large portion of the early part of this off season, um, focusing on the guys that you're going to be drafting in rounds three and four um, guys that you should expect and not be surprised to see drafted on day two that would normally shock the fantasy community um, kind of like the Eric Ezukanmas from last year where everyone has to go and hurry up and look as to who that guy is. Um, I'm hoping to hit those guys on the head early and often this off season because I don't need to tell you how good Bijan Robinson is everyone's gonna be doing that for the next four months so
1: oh yeah there's gonna be by the time we actually get to our rookie drafts if your rookie drafts are after the NFL draft, we're all going to have had a gutful of B. John Robinson, and that's to take nothing away from him as a prospect. You're just going to hear it at nauseam, but that's cool. Uh, allow me to do a little promotion real quick and some cross promotion. So yeah. if you're listening to this on Thursday, this was a Wednesday podcast on YouTube. This is why you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You never know, especially this time of the year uh, when I might get a you know a burr under my saddle and be like, I just threw it in our our group chat today. I'm like, Dallas, you free tonight? He was like, yes. I'm like, let's do a podcast. If you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, if you're subscribed on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iTunes, wherever, you're not gonna miss stuff like this. Um, I appreciate you searching through the iTunes algorithm looking for Dynasty buys and sells, but if you just subscribe to the channel everywhere, you won't miss content like this. And I do want to throw a, a cross-promotion to our friends over at Toilets to Titles. If you're listening to this anywhere, same feed, YouTube, podcast, whatever, search Toilets to Titles. On Tuesday night, live on their YouTube channel, we did a 10-round Superflex Dynasty startup with the 2023 rookies in there, Dallas. What do you, what do you think about that? Little 2023 rookies, you know, where did Bijan go? Where did the rookie QBs go? And, and to, to figure all that out, to figure out where myself, John Sheps, John Labe, uh, and so many others, we all took two teams. It was a 12-team 12 12 team mock, three starting, three wide receivers. Where did the rookies go? Where did the rookies from this class go? How high did Brees Hall go? Uh, did the veterans fall? Head over to Toilets to Titles on YouTube. I don't know if it's a podcast yet, but I know for sure it streamed live on their YouTube. And you will see me there. So make sure you follow the show everywhere at Dynasty Warzone, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as well as all the podcast platforms. Leave us a review while you're there, and that will go a long way toward helping the Dynasty Warzone crew. Now, Dallas, I don't know that you've done a good people bad tweet. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't think I have. I don't think I've been here for it. Well, it's not always a negative thing. Like I said, we I've I've gotten a few blocks. You know, I've gotten that Dikembe Matumbo finger, That no, no, no. But uh, it's it's not always. It's like things that are bad on Twitter, things that are good on Twitter. Last show we did good people, good tweets. This one's good people, interesting tweets. This is a new one, so so you're uh you're you're taking <laughs> this in uh, in test phase for us. But this tweet comes from Justin Ramos. And he's at NEP Insider. That's Justin Ramos, NEP Insider. And he puts breaking wide receiver Deontay Johnson has unfollowed the hashtag Steelers on Instagram and removed Steelers from his bio. Now, Dallas, you are much closer in age to Mr. Deontay Johnson. This feels like a thing. Now, he signed a new contract last year. It wasn't a huge Terry McLaren, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, mega deal, but he did re sign a shorter contract. When you saw this, when I sent you the show sheet and you saw this good people, interesting tweets, what did you think about Deontay Johnson unfollowing the Steelers? Uh, I personally said, Grow
0: up. Uh, (laughs) It's been passed around a little bit here um, as of late, basically over the last month, um, just from a lot of people that had Deontay Johnson on their roster. Um, you could argue and the stats argue that no one has done less with the volume that Deontay Johnson has got over the last three years than what Deontay Johnson has put out there um, from an, like an efficiency standpoint. He has had at least. I don't, know. 40- I don't
1: know. 2022 Michael Pittman may want to have a word. I'm <laughs> no, sorry.
0: That's fair. <laughs> but he had over a hun- He had a minimum of 144 targets each of the last three seasons Uh, He had a successful 2021 season, breaking 1,000 yards, but with those 144 minimum, it went 144, 169, and 147 this last year. He has eclipsed 1,000 yards once, and he's never eclipsed 1,060 yards. Um, This offense will pass the ball. It's been shown that they're willing to pass the ball, but in the early stages of Kenny Pickett, he's still getting the targets. What is he mad at? What is he upset about? What, what is he unfollowing them for? If he wants to get the gangbuster contract that some people think that he deserved or he thinks he deserves, he should probably produce a little bit more than what he's giving you because he's giving you a middling wide receiver to production. And that's the type of contract that he's getting. So, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where I, I would just say suck it up if this is true.
1: <laughs> and, and I pulled up his contract while we're chatting and he is getting ready to go into the basic extension right now. He is going to make uh, 8 million base. He's got uh, a roster bonus of 2.5. But the big number that I see here is he's got a dead cap number of 20, 20 million bucks. We'll round up. It's 19.6 and change, but 20 million bucks. It's, it's awful weird. But let's say, so two parter for you, okay? Let's say – because I love this offense. Again, I've mentioned it every show for like the last three or four shows. I -hmm. love this offense and where they're heading. But let's say he leaves. How big of a bump do you give a guy like George Pickens? Because I don't think George Pickens has it between the ears to be the number one. I don't think Mike Tomlin wants to deal with another Antonio Brown. Not to say that George Pickens – and I think somewhere between a model citizen and Antonio Brown is where George Pickens lie – you know that that's what he seems to me he seems like a knucklehead sometimes throwing a fit about targets i really see them using because we'll talk about your bears here at the end of the show they have the 32nd overall pick i could see them potentially taking the taking the 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 dead cap hit of about 3 additional million dollars and moving him so two-parter who is the biggest beneficiary in Pittsburgh if he leaves and is there a spot that you would like to see him wind up yes you can say Chicago Um, where would you like to see him wind up
0: I would say that the biggest beneficiary is probably Najee Harris Um, I think we would see a revert of the offense back to kind of what we saw the last year with Ben where you saw those insane target totals to Najee Um, I don't think it's going to help Pickens, at the end of the day, um, it's like you said, I don't see him as a true number one. Um, We'll get into this a little bit more when I go to rookie buy and sells. But there's some people that popped off on their tape this year. Pickens had a couple of splash plays, but you saw a lot of really just kind of poor play in general he wasn't separating as much as he thought he was and he was publicly saying that he was um, so i don't think that's going to help him um, it'd be kind of forcing just you know classically this is a bear show so i'll use a bear's analogy um, it would be probably pretty similar to what we saw in chicago when they were trying to force alshon jeffrey to be the number one wide receiver um, you may get those volume stats but you're not going to see this gangbuster revelation of a guy out of the blue Um, I think it would be pretty similar. They're pretty similar athletically too. And then to answer your second question, I'll actually go to my arch nemesis. Um, If A-Rod does stick around, which I don't know why he wouldn't with the $60 million on the books, um, get him a guy who's hyper, hyper, hyper accurate. And you'll be able to see that separation that Deontay Johnson is actually getting. Or even a guy, um, you could replace Juju in KC. I know those are always very common answers, but I want to see him with a, prolific accurate quarterback right now which unfortunately is not Justin Fields I'm a realist I may be optimistic at times but I understand what I have
1: yeah I, I think if if you're Pittsburgh because I really think Pittsburgh's on the come you know and, and the AFC is already loaded you know you got the Bengals and, and the Ravens in your division you have the Chargers and the Chiefs out west you have the Colts in the south oh wait a minute damn it um, but but you, you get my point you don't want to you know send him to an already loaded AFC I think that that makes a lot of sense I looked at Tyler Lockett's contract he makes way too much money and like he would be like the natural replacement for Tyler Lockett you know um, similar ish type game to, to be a compliment to DK unfortunately uh, Tyler Lockett going to be in Seattle for a long time based on that contract but you know New Orleans maybe opposite. I mean, yes, I think the NFC would matter, but this just makes me like the young guys on the Steelers even more. And I I agree and I disagree. I think they would draft a wide receiver because obviously they'd probably get at least a second for Deontay Johnson. I actually think your Bears do make a lot of sense. You know, imagine if you're Chase Claypool, you think you're getting away from Deontay Johnson and, and the target hog, and all of a sudden here he shows up in Chicago with you. But I think the Steelers will draft someone with that 32 overall pick because the Dolphins forfeited a pick. But I think the big winner, because he's going to work in that similar range, is going to be Pat Fryermuth. So mm-hmm. if you really think Deontay's going to get traded, I think I think Fryermuth would be the big winner.
0: Yeah, no, it, it makes sense a lot. The, the one guy I was thinking about actually under the radar, a team that is low-key probably going to be rebuilding this offseason that no one's talking about rebuilding, what about Chris Godwin down in Tampa Bay? He's a guy that just signed a contract. It's not a gangbuster contract, but it's a team that's looking like it's going to look a lot different next year. Tom Brady, if he does continue to play, I don't think it's in Tampa Bay. I think he saw what that team was this year, even with the weapons still there. And you're looking at a rebuild that's kind of trying to recycle. You have Mike Evans, who's out of contract at the end of next year, um, kind of in that super veteran contract. I wouldn't be super pleased if the Bears did that, but there's... A lot of teams that would pay a good chunk of change to get a guy like Chris Godwin, even with him making twenty million dollars a year. So that that's a guy that I am keeping my eye on. But um, I, I agree. I think Deontay Johnson could help quite a few different teams. It's just whether or not they're actually going to move on from you know a guy that they were willing to pay. So,
1: you know, I I don't think Tampa Bay is going to move Godwin. I think Godwin, if you looked over. I think if I remember correctly, I I actually mentioned this on the Toilets to Titles podcast on Tuesday evening that from like week 12 or 13 through 17, Chris Godwin was the wide receiver eight in fantasy. You know, that's about a year. It's about a year removed from the ACL. And I think that Tampa Bay is going to look at that division even without Tom Brady and think, man, this is very winnable. And that feels like a destination for a guy like Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, one of those veterans on the move. So, anyway I thought this was a good I thought this was a good person interesting tweet scenario so I thought I'd get your your two cents and good people interesting tweets is brought to you by our patron patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone um, I've been a busy guy this week Dallas I've been paying out like double digit leagues you know uh, one thing that we take a lot of pride in is we haven't had a league collapse we continue to add leagues. Um, mm-hmm. On next week's show with Jerry, we're going to have an offer in the in the patron um, for new patrons. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but paying people out, great leagues, great people, and uh, we're going to do a scholarship. I'm I'm going to leave him unnamed for this week's show. Maybe maybe he uh, maybe he doesn't want to be named, but he knows who he is. He took some of his winnings and said, "Hey, I'd like to sponsor someone who maybe can't afford to be in the patron." Give away a patron league or two on <clears> me, and we're going to put some people in. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up with the patron, um, just a way of you know keeping the show streaming, keeping the show on. So check out patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. So all right, let's get into the buys and sells real quick. Um, we're go- I'm going to let you do two, because you are my rookie expert. You are the guy that I depend on uh, from a rookie context. So give me one of your two rookie buys. You're going to give me two. So here's the thing that's going to go. You're going to give me one. I'm going to give you one. And then you're going to give me your second. So we're going to do three total buys. And then we're going to turn around and do the exact same thing with three total sells.
0: Okay, perfect. That'll work. Um, The one guy that I am attempting to acquire pretty much everywhere out of this rookie class from 2022 is a guy that when I watch his tape, it is significantly better than the end of season numbers. And that's saying something because he ended as a top 30 wide receiver and that's Jahan Dotson. Um, He was a guy I was not super high on in this rookie class going to Washington. Um, It was because of the frame. It was the similar issues that I had with Devonta Smith coming out of college. Um, They were both seniors coming out. They were both smaller frames coming out. Jahan Dotson, even like two and a half inches shorter than what Smith was. Uh, but I think that the outlook going into season two or not season. Yeah. I guess season two year two for Dotson is very similar to what we could see with, um, you know, what we saw the awakening of Devonta Smith this year. Um, when it comes to playing zone coverage against Jahan Dotson, what I saw on tape this year is that it does not work. Um, you can man press him, which was my biggest concern coming out, but, Teams cannot commit to man-pressing the Washington receiving core due to the fact that Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin are still there. They have probably, and I don't feel bad saying this, the most athletic starting three wide receivers in the league right now when it comes to pure speed and separation ability. They're three very toolsy guys, but Jahan Dodson is the youngest. He's going extremely under the radar. When's the last time you saw Jahan Dodson's name on Twitter? would be my question because you never see him talked about in this rookie class typically. Um, And then he's coming off of a season where he was injured. He was on IR for five weeks and he still was a top 30 wide receiver in PPR formats. He, he produces when he's on the field, he was tied for the league lead for rookies in touchdown receptions with Christian Watson. But the thing that differentiates him from Christian Watson for me is that he spread those out. He was consistently getting a touchdown a game basically for like a six week period Christian Watson compounded all of those in like three weeks on insane productivity. Um, Jahan Dotson is a guy I'm targeting everywhere, and he's a guy that you spent a second on. I have no problem spending a back half first on a guy like Jahan Dotson at this point in the off season, trying to acquire a guy when I don't know the landing spots or situations of the top three wide receivers in the 23 class.
1: I like Jahan Dotson and and, and I'm going to answer your question with a question of my own. Mm-hmm. W- w- would you say that the Washington commandos are going to be in contention in that division anytime soon?
0: I <laughs> This comes to quarterback. If they get extremely aggressive and trade up for a quarterback, so like that's a dark horse team. Say Washington trades with the Bears all the way up for the first overall pick and takes Bryce Young. You're telling me Bryce Young has Curtis Samuel – Terry McLaurin and Jahad Dotson as his three receiver options with that defensive line, which is still intact. Plus a couple running backs. Plus a couple running backs. And you're looking at it and yes, Washington's defense overall was a little bit spotty in some games, but we're coming off of a week where they completely embarrassed the Dallas Cowboys. So it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm looking at the team. It's been like this basically since Kirk cousins left. After that second franchise tag, they've been searching for the answer at quarterback with a young spry defense and a budding receiver talent. I think it's a good landing spot for a quarterback, even like a Derek Carr. That's someone that would make a lot of sense there and would be pretty productive for the team. So I do think that they are competing if they get the quarterback this offseason.
1: And the reason why I say that is because is uh, your, your second favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs, are needing a wide receiver one to replace uh Tyreek Hill Mm -hmm. why not trade the commandos for Terry McLaren I think Jahan Dotson's that good and I think Washington could could think Jahan Dotson's that good you know Mm -hmm. what let's free up some money you know we got some defensive players to sign we love Terry but by the time we're good and really able to compete for division titles with Dallas and Philadelphia and even the Giants are are on the come as well so um anyway I I don't want to uh sell my boy Terry off to another team. I would love it as a Terry McLaren guy if he were to wind up in a in a Kansas City or a Green Bay type situation. But I just say that is that I also believe that Jahan Dodson is a good enough talent that maybe the the commandos look around the room and say, hey man, we love Terry, but do we want to pay him 20 plus million? And, and, and really, I don't know, it'd be hard. He's kind of the heart and the soul of the team, but from a talent standpoint and an upside standpoint, I do uh, endorse your... Uh, uh, what's this? Jahan Dotson. I started to say Dahan, but it's Jahan yeah. well, Dotson. Well, that,
0: that's a good point, though. You're talking about trading. Why not include him in a trade to go up to number one with the Bears? If the Bears are getting Terry McLaurin and they're first,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's not the worst deal in the history of the yeah. world. We'll talk more about your Bears yeah. here in just a minute. I, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about my guy. and He's a guy that really wasn't on my radar th- this year. Um, was a super cheap rookie pick, almost yep. James Robinson esque, and for me, it's Tyler Algier. I have there. I, you know, he's a guy, and um, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, um, he's a heir to the FedEx fortune, uh, <laughs> Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons. I don't think. I, I think it's a. I don't want to co- compare Tyler Algier to Derrick Henry, but I think as you looked over the course of the season, you saw Tyler Algier really start to take a stronghold over this backfield. And even though he didn't necessarily light up the scoreboard, he was a very usable, and I would dare even say league winning r b two for a lot of a lot of teams coming down the back stretch. And I think this is another offense. like I keep talking about Pittsburgh. This is another one that if they trade up and get a quarterback or they get a veteran, you know, in there to put behind Desmond Ritter, because I don't think Desmond Ritter could play dead in a Western, but that's that's neither here nor there. But, man, you get Kyle Pitts back and healthy. Uh, I got to tip my cap to Drake London. He was a guy that I had injury concerns with coming into the NFL. Uh, My man played every single game, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit for that. But you have Drake London, you'll have Kyle Pitts, you'll have a young running back in Tyler Algier. Man, you put, a, you put a good solid core, even a Jimmy Garoppolo-level quarterback in there uh, who can distribute the ball in an Ar- Arthur Smith offense. I think Tyler Algier could be a very sneaky, cheap-to-acquire dynasty RB2. I mean, unless Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke show up and really screw this up, and they're like, hey, you know what? We got James Robinson. You know what we should do? We should draft Travis Etienne in the back half of the first round. That's a that's a great fucking idea. I, I don't I don't I don't think uh, I don't think the folks in Atlanta will do that. So I think Tyler Algiers fairly safe. Uh, I do worry a little bit about the the veteran free agent market because it's pretty stacked with talent. But at the end yeah. of the day, man, where he's going in in startups? We did a ten round startup last night, and like literally, he was still on the board. 120 players in, he was still there. That tells you his value right now. And with rookie picks mm-hmm. being hot, yeah, you're gambling that he may get bumped by a free agent or that he might get bumped by a rookie. I don't know, man. I saw a lot, and I think I've seen Arthur Smith stick to his guy. So for all those reasons, man, I'm, I'm going to take Tyler Algier. So Dallas, what do you think about Tyler Algier? And then uh, give us your second buy.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I said it right when he said his name, and I saw the show sheet, and I was like, that a boy, because he was going to be one of my buys too, but – uh, Algier was a guy that was right at that tail end of my top five running backs. And it, that was pre draft because I wanted to see where he landed. And he landed with a head coach that wants a grinded out running back. And Algier, like you said, you didn't want to compare him to Derrick Henry, but he's a guy that showed in college he got better as the games went on. And he could take any beating you wanted to because he's the perfect size at 5'11, pushing six foot, 220 pounds. You're looking at the prototypical beefy, grinded out running back. And you you didn't want to give him the full credit that he deserved. He deserved every accolade you wanted to say when it came to a league winner. In the, in the fantasy playoffs, in weeks 15, 16, 17, he was RB8, RB12, and RB12. And like you said, you got him with realistically a back-end second at the earliest to a back-end third at pretty much the latest. That third round was the sweet spot for him. I have him pretty much everywhere. I like him a lot. The free agency market is terrifying. The thing that makes it even more terrifying for me is that this running back class, it's coming out probably the deepest we've seen in a very long time. There, There's a lot of guys that will be serviceable RB2s in the league in this draft class. And so it, it, it is concerning, but at his acquisition cost based off of the production level, He's a very safe guy to give you, even if he ends up in a committee next year, which they tried to do for the first three quarters of the season with him. He was still producing, had a couple of double-digit games in there, mixed in, and he isn't a non-factor in the pass game, which is nice. Um, I I, I posted it in our Patreon group chat, um, I think last weekend is when I posted it, but I talked about the Atlanta rookie core with Desmond Ritter, Algier, and Drake London being three guys that very – quietly over the last month of the season were very 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 productive and you look at the counting stats for Ritter I know this is going to sound like I'm just hyping up a guy that I liked last year but the counting stats are not good for Ritter there was literally two touchdowns over the last three weeks and it happened in the last game but this offense was significantly better and moved the ball significantly better with Desmond Ritter than it did with Marcus Mariota so I'm not positive that they are going to move up for a quarterback they may take a guy in that free agent market that you talked about, but where they're at, there's really no reason to burn capital to move up unless you're going all the way up to get the guy at number one overall. Um, if you don't get one of the top two guys, in my opinion, at quarterback, then it's kind of a wash with Ritter and those guys that are left in this year's class. So it's very interesting, but I'm very much in on Algier. As a I prospect. do
1: want to throw in one more thing. Another thing that I like about Algier's chance of keeping this job is that, yes, Atlanta does have top three salary cap. They got $55 million because they finally got Matt Ryan off their books. But their defense was bottom 10 in points allowed, yards allowed, and they were in the bottom 10 in a bad way in turnovers forced. Mm -hmm. I think the money they have and the draft capital they have, I think they'll be players in the veteran free agent market. Like I said, at Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe they're in on Derek Carr. Maybe they yeah. think they can win the AFC South with a with a significant QB upgrade, especially if Tom Brady leaves. I mean, who you got to beat? Andy Dalton slash Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, and whoever the hell Tampa Bay finds. So, mm-hmm. so maybe they feel like they can win this division. So, um, but to do so, I think they'd have to put a lot of their offseason resources into the defense that was very bad. Which those factors also uh, give a, a little, a little extra safety to Algier. Who's your second guy? Because I like this guy. I know this yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you do. It's Mr. Alec Pierce, uh, the Cincinnati uh, vet in general out of the University of Cincinnati. This is a guy that got hot towards the end of the season. This is a guy that took a while to build rapport with the multitude of quarterbacks that you guys cycled through there throughout the season. And he had probably the least consistent season of quarterback play outside of maybe Washington, my other guy that was on the list. And the reason that I picked these two wide receivers is that They're two teams that are going to have different quarterbacks next year. At the end of the day, they are. Now we saw what Sam Howell was at the end of this last game. Might be an option for them, but Indianapolis does not have an option on the team currently. They are going to have to move either up for a quarterback or stand pat at four and draft a quarterback, which is what you're hoping for, or they're going to have to get one in the free agent market. There's no way that Alec Pierce has a worse passing situation knock on wood than what he had this year. And he started to see increased reps throughout the season, increased targets throughout the season, specifically in the last couple games. And he's a guy that is an athletic freak. He was the athletic wonder outside of Christian Watson in the class. And he actually was better from an athletic measurable standpoint based off a of player profile than even what Christian Watson was. The only thing with Christian Watson is that his straight line speed is absolutely insane. Um, Alec Pierce is kind of a freak athlete. He just needed to put it together and needed to shore up the hands. And he didn't have a lot of drops this year. Um, but that's where I'm at. I don't think that Dodson or Pierce could be acquired for less than what you could acquire them right now, pretty much as soon as the season starts on either one of them. So those are guys that I'm moving for. But where are you at on Pierce being an indie fan that you are?
1: I mean, you go to playerprofiler.com and, and you just look at his measurables, four, four wheels. He's got a 93rd percentile speed score, and he's got a 96th percentile catch radius. He's a very bursty athlete. You know, he's the kind of guy that if I'm going to pick him up in a dynasty league, here are the type of dynasty leagues I want. Either A, if I have to start three wide receivers, and I need a guy that can potentially win me a week. You know, let's say hypothetically the Colts draft Will Levis. Now, he doesn't throw the ball over the barn. He throws the ball through both walls of the barn because he's got the big arm, That's the kind of QB that that, that really accentuates him. So if it's a – I have to hit the submit button on my lineup every week. I want him to be my wide receiver three in a matchup where I need big points because I know that if he, if he lays a dud, I may get like two catches for 40 yards. But if he goes off, he could have like four catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. So he's a week-winning guy also if you play dynasty best ball. He's the kind of guy that you will absolutely love having as like your wide receiver four or five on a dynasty best ball team, because when he has that monster game and he'll probably have three ish, give or take one a season. And, you know, he's got weak winning week upside because of the four, four wheels because of the six foot three frame. And he's a quarterback upgrade away from being very splashy. So I don't know that he'll ever be a volume monster, but in a, as a wide receiver three that you can get dirt cheap or a best ball wide receiver four or five lock him in. I absolutely love Mister Alec Pierce. Uh, Colts can't afford to draft another second round wide receiver. They got to use that other second round pick to hopefully shore up the offensive line. By the way, we're going to fix your Bears today. We're going to we're going to talk Bears as a Colts fan. What I would simply do, I would not trade up with your Bears. I would give. I would trade up with the Cardinals and get that 103, and whoever fell to me, fell to me. I know Houston's going to get it wrong automatically right off the jump. So now I'm down to a coin flip of who I get, of who's the actual good quarterback in this class. So as a Colts fan, I'll make it easy. Just move up one spot. What did the Cardinals want? Lock myself into a top three quarterback, and then I just sit back and wait. Um, But let's move to cells. And so same, same drill. You have two cells. I have one and you, and ironically, I don't know that we planned it this way because I just sent you the show sheet. I'm talking two running backs, and you're talking two wide receiver buys, two wide receiver sells. So who's the first rookie wide receiver you're selling?
0: Yeah, I'll go with the obvious one first for me, and that's Christian Watson. Um, the touchdown productivity, if <laughs> I mean, it literally came in a three-week span where he got those seven touchdowns, and it's very reminiscent of a Chase Claypool type of rookie season. Um, he didn't have insane yardage totals. He didn't have insane target totals. He did exactly what we were hoping MVS would always do in that Aaron Rodgers-led offense. He just was able to catch the balls that MVS was not. Um, he was not leading the league in tar- or not leading the team in targets, not leading the scheme in targets. And you're looking at an offense that yes may have Aaron Rodgers back, but guess what? Alan Lazard, based off of his postseason presser, not coming back. It sounds like he's definitely not going to be back in Green Bay next year. So it's very interesting to see what he could be. I think they would be very foolish not to either bring in a Juju in free agency or draft another wide receiver, potentially with their first-round pick. And this is a team, again, in similar fashion to last year. If Alave had felt to Green Bay, if JSN somehow falls to Green Bay, I will break a table somewhere and scream my head off. But I just don't see Watson having this touchdown efficiency that he had this first season. You probably aren't going to be able to sell him at, the height that you can sell him right now once this touchdown realization happens with a lot of people. And he's just not a guy that I want to rely on. I think he's in a similar vein to Alec Pierce where he has weak winning upside, but not consistent production throughout the season. And the difference as to why Pierce is a buy and Watson is a sell is that the draft capital I have to put in to get an Alec Pierce is not even close to what you have to do to get Christian Watson right now.
1: Yeah, Kristen Watson was almost my guy I put on here. I, I think that the enticement to keep Aaron Rodgers in in Green Bay is that you've got to get him a veteran. And uh, I, I don't want to put Terry McLaren on every single team under the sun, but you know, you got to go try to get a Terry McLaren. You got to go t- try to get a DJ Moore. I know those teams don't want to give those guys up. They're right in their wide receiver, the peak of their powers. They're 26, 27, you know, 28. And and the good thing about wide receivers is they're playing so much better later in their career. Look at Diggs. I mean, look at all the top wide receivers not named Justin Jefferson. It's Diggs. It's Hill. It's Adams. It's those veterans. So for Green Bay to try to say, hey, man, we got maybe one, two good years of Aaron left. We know Detroit's playing well. And You know Minnesota is like the worst, you know, thirteen and four team of all time. We can still beat those guys. So I don't believe Watson's the guy, and I I believe that. I almost said Brett Favre. I believe that to to keep Aaron Rodgers there, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to really bring in a veteran to entice him to stay. But uh, I want to talk about you. You have another guy we're going to go back to in just a second. But I want to talk about Damian Pierce. Now, you talked Alec Pierce as a buy, and you threw me off because I saw saw the show sheet and it just said Pierce. I'm like, uh uh-oh, we're going to have a little crossfire. Um, I was not a big Damian Pierce guy last year. I I know he broke out. You know, maybe he would be more valuable, and he may be a hard sell because he had the high ankle sprain. He missed the playoffs. I I, I just see Lovey Smith getting canned. I don't know that Nick Casario, the GM in Houston, makes it for the duration uh, very little draft capital, if I remember correctly. He was the third pick of the fourth round last year. Not a huge upside guy. Not overly involved in the passing game. What does a new head coach see? Um, as much as I love James Robinson, he feels like Walmart James Robinson. You know, James mm-hmm. Robinson was like like was like Pepsi or Dr Pepper, and Damian Pierce feels like uh, like Dr Thunder. You know, he he, kind of the same, but not really, except he's going to wind up with the same fate. They're going to wind up bringing in a veteran. They're going to wind up bringing in somebody that's just going to crush his value. But he did go to a big school. He did go to Florida. A lot of people will like him. A lot of people will remember, hey, and if I could get any second in one QB and especially Superflex, I would have Damian Pierce off of my roster in about 3.4 seconds. So that, that is my take on Damian Pierce. Uh, I know you have another wide receiver you want to talk about, but uh, give, me, uh, g- g- give me about the 60-second the, the elevator speech on Damian Pierce, and do you agree or not?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, everyone knows I don't like projection players. Um, my process does not allow me to. Now that forces me to miss out on guys a lot of times like a Jalen Waddle, who has proved me 100% wrong over the last two years. But it stops me from reaching on guys like Damian Pierce that people were taking at a 202, a 203, sometimes creeping into that back end of the first in rookie drafts, only for him to either get replaced or just not be fed the ball like he was his rookie year. Him going to Houston was exactly what you assumed was going to happen. Happened. If he had stayed healthy, he probably would have finished as that top 12 running back and people would be hyping him up even more. But the thing is, when you're looking at Damian Pierce and his production, the team literally could not throw the ball. They could not. They switched quarterbacks back and forth. They ended up looking like a college team, like a Lovey Smith coached Illinois team, rocking two quarterbacks because they were so inconsistent at passing accurately and being able to protect the quarterback that they had to run the ball. So when you saw all those double-digit carries early on in the season, yeah, you're going to get counting stats, but the touchdowns weren't there. The efficiency wasn't even there on a yards-per-carry basis. And Damian Pierce was 100% a projection player. I was arguing all of last season – all of last offseason, that Tyler Algier was the play if you were going to try and acquire a guy that was going to grind it out and be a bruising running back. Because yes, you saw flashes of Pierce in college, but his stats were horrible. No one ever committed to him, and at the end of the day, we're going to see a pretty similar situation because there's pretty much no way that he's the only running back in the backfield next year, and there's pretty much no way that the passing game does not take over some of the snap share percentages of pass versus run in that Houston offense, regardless of who they bring in at quarterback or at OC. So yeah, I'm hundred percent locked up with Damian Pierce.
1: All right. And, and you mentioned Garrett Wilson. You have anything else to add on Garrett? Garrett Wilson is your second sell?
0: Yeah. Garrett Wilson is my second sell is just because he's a guy that produced, he's a guy that, had a lot of targets. He actually also with Deontay Johnson had exactly 147 targets and put up pretty much the exact same stat line that Deontay Johnson did last year. Um, efficiency was terrible. Quarterback hype will pump him up, but they also just fired Matt LaFour as their offensive coordinator. You have no idea what system's coming into here. You have no idea what quarterbacks coming into here next year. So this is one of those ones where it is a, Yes, Elijah Moore was in the doghouse with his last OC for some god-awful reason, but I don't see that happening again. You're going to have Brees Hallback catching passes, which you didn't have for the entirety of the second half of the season, and it's still a consistency issue with Garrett Wilson. It was the weekend, week-out production. It was boom, bust, boom, bust similar to a rookie season. Did he have hype? Did he exceed my expectations? Yes, but because he exceeded those expectations, I'm doubling down because I didn't see anything that I didn't see on tape with him in college that he produced now in the NFL. I just want to get out while I can at that high price because everyone always will go after that rookie wide receiver that leads the class in receiving yards and targets, regardless of what they are as a prospect. So this is probably a very peak selling point for a guy like Garrett Wilson. If you don't believe in him, like I don't, I'm an Olave guy and I'm standing by that. So, yep.
1: Now, uh, and, and I'm, I'm cool with, with all of that. Um, my biggest detractor on him is going to, I don't want to put Derek Carr on like the sixth team of the show, but this mm-hmm. is another, I mean, by the way, a little side note for all you super flex gamers. A lot of people are going to be down on Derek Carr. Derek Carr is going to get work. Um, and, and, as a matter of fact, Derek Carr, because he has a no trade policy in his contract, he's going to be able to steer himself in the direction that, that he wants to go. And, and he's going to pick an opportunity, uh, that's going to give him the best opportunity to shine. Now, if I was him, I'd want to get out of the AFC. I think that's where all the good young quarterbacks are. Um, but that's neither here nor there, but let's say they get, they get a Jimmy Garoppolo because there is ties to, to I think I put Jimmy Garoppolo on his third team of the show. But, you know, there's ties to Robert Sala and Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's the kind of guy that's good enough to help you get wins. But he's also the kind of guy that's not so good that Zach Wilson, if he improves, couldn't beat him out. So he's kind of that weird safety blanket guy. So, but, you know, there's a lot of guys here. And you mentioned Deontay Johnson. It's it's like if I could get a lot for Garrett Wilson, like I would rather move on. I don't love the spot is the big thing. I don't trust the organization. The one thing I like about Garrett Wilson uh, is his talent. I think he is what the modern NFL wide receiver should be. He's right in that six-foot range. He's around 185, 190 pounds. Um, Good speed, good route runner. I like all of that. But to your point, it's like what if the Jets were to add like a Michael Mayer, like a legit – like Tyler Conklin was okay as a tight end in New York. But what if they add like a legit – There's a tight end. The tight end class this year is pretty good. Mike Gusecki a free agent. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Robert Tanyan's a free agent. So there's going to be Evan Ingram. I hope he goes back to to Jacksonville, but he's a free agent and they could add even more target competition to this team. And when you get a new QB, you never know who that QB is going to favor. What if that QB comes in and has like an instant bromance with Elijah Moore? Then you're screwed. So it's nothing against... Wilson, the prospect, because Wilson was my wide receiver, one coming into this campaign, had a great year, but I, I can see all the reasons why you would want to sell. And there you go. That's why you tuned in. There are six 20, 22 rookie buys and sells. Now here at about the 45 minute mark of the podcast, if you're still listening, you are a Bears fan or you're curious as to what a fellow Bears fan is going to do with the Bears. So Dallas and I, uh, we go back and forth a lot in our patron group chat. Um, I don't want to say I'm anti-Justin Fields. I'm just the pump the brakes on Justin Fields guy. Um, I love him from a fantasy standpoint. I have questions from a real NFL standpoint. But Dallas and my buddy Nick Whalen are the two most passionate, passionate Bears fans that I've seen. I think these guys are very excited to have the 101. So what I'm going to do is, I don't do this a lot, but I'm going to share one of my screens. I've got a little stuff here pulled up on one of my screens. It's the show sheet. And uh, we're going to let Dallas play as I'm doing this. Dallas, you have replaced Ryan Poles. Personally, I think that's an upgrade for the Bears in general. I'm (laughs) biased. I understand that. I'm not convinced that, that Ryan Poles is going to be a great GM. So I'm hiring you. What's that old lady's name, McCaskey? I'm old lady McCaskey. I'm old. So now I'm old lady McCaskey. I just fired Ryan Poles. I hired Dallas Heider Dallas. What are the first things you're going to do going into this 2022 season of uh, as the bears new GM?
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I broke it down based off of the two general spheres that you fall into free agency and immediately the draft. Um, There's a lot of needs on the team, as you had mentioned um there is quite a few unrestricted free agents that they signed on one year contracts as space fillers while they were trying to get out of a lot of contracts um that's why you saw the likes of Khalil Mack the likes of Robert Quinn traded in this off season or not off season but during the season to get some of the bigger contracts off the books and that's why going into this free agency period they are currently sitting at 118 million dollars and i know that people always throw out, oh, wow, so-and-so team is leading free agency cap space. To put it into perspective, the leading team last year in free agency cap space was Carolina with $31 million to spend. We literally have four times as much money as Carolina had in 2022 offseason to spend on prospects. Going into this offseason, our biggest needs are offensive line, defensive line, and our wide receivers. Those are the three linchpins that we need. Luckily with this draft, the ability to pick up both offensive and defensive line prospects is great. Unfortunately, we need multiple starters on both of them. So we're going to have to dabble in free agency and in the draft. Spending high picks and high dollar amounts, but we have the cap space to actually do it. So you had broken it down with un, uh, unrestricted free agents, basically that are leaving. I went through the list, looked at the guys that we will be bringing back. I can guarantee we're going to be bringing back DeAndre Houston Carson. He's our basically our nickel safety. He's been playing a lot of slot and a lot of strong safety for us over the last three years. Um, he's going to be a cheap plug and play guy, and he's a guy that is serviceable as a backup in a last ditch player that we can throw into any of our DB positions. It'll be a cheap contract. David Montgomery is a guy that a lot of people think isn't going to command a large contract. And that kind of leans into the fact of what we talked about with this running back class in general. There are a plethora of running backs, both in this draft and in this free agency period. Just to name a couple in the free agency period, you have the entire David Montgomery draft class. That includes David Montgomery. That includes Miles Sanders. That includes Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to get tagged as well as guys like Tony Pollard. You have the vet Kareem Hunt, who I still argue could easily be a lead back in the league. You have guys like Damian Harris that are going to be out there. There's a lot of running backs that are Miles
1: Sanders, a personal as favorite. A
0: ...that could sign anywhere that will probably be driving down this market. So I personally think they're just going to stay with the proven product that they have in David Montgomery. And if they're looking for more juice... They're going to take another shot in this year's draft, kind of like what they did last year with Tristan Ebner very late, except I'm hoping it's a mid-round pick. If you're looking for a bruising back guy, we'll talk about that later, but you know how I feel about Zach Charbonnet. If you've heard me talk at any point over the last two years, that would be my dream fit if we are going to let Montgomery go, but the total unrestricted free agent money that is going to be walking out of the door contract wise is $29 million. So if, these are all pretty much bottom of the barrel signings that we would be doing to replace these guys as kind of fillers. Cause not a lot of these guys were actually starters for us on a regular basis, outside of the swinging in and out of Riley reef into the offensive line and the swinging in and out of Michael Schofield, but both of them were injured quite a bit. So there's a lot of flexibility Starting with free agency, I have a list. Basically, I have broken it down based off of position as a high-value target and a low-value target that I would be targeting as the Bears. Running back, it's pretty much a wash. If we don't keep David Montgomery, I would expect us to go after Damian Harris at a slightly lower cap hit with very similar running styles, very similar production in that kind of a bruising running back. Damian Harris doesn't get a lot of hype. I know you were pretty high on him um during I guess they make it what the twenty twenty season or twenty twenty one season? It was, it was
1: going into twenty twenty one. He was one, and he did okay. I think he finished RB fifteen or eighteen. He was solid. My only concern with Harris is that he always seems like he's nicked. He has yeah. the talent to be a lead back. I don't know that he has the durability. I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I'm, I'm a no, Harris sure. guy. You're good. But that, that's where I see it. And you
0: could argue kind of the same thing with Monty. Monty always seems to miss about two games a year just because he can't quite stay up to par with what he needs to physically. Very similar guys. And I just think you can get Damian Harris a little bit cheaper than you could a guy like David Montgomery. So those would be my options there. Um, cap hit wise that I have down, which I'm basing all of mine based off of an average between spot track and over the cap, you'd be looking at about $7.4 million annually is what they're projecting for Montgomery to get, which is kind of, you know, average starting running back right now. If you're better than serviceable, that's what they'll go with. And Harris is looking at around the five range, which is, you know, pretty normal. So those are your options at running back wide receiver. I have an asterisk. This is going to sound crazy based off of people that like fantasy football more than actual football, but my number one target in this pool is actually going to be Nicole Hartman. And that's due to the fact of adding electricity to the team as a wide receiver. I feel like Nicole, prior to getting injured this year, kind of came into his own once they learned how to use him. You have Poles who sat there, was there when they drafted him in Kansas City and watched his progression. And one of the biggest needs that we still need on the Bears is a returner. And Mecole is a very, very, very good punt returner, which Bayless Jones Jr. is not. That was the biggest whiff of a third-round pick I've seen in recent history. So I think that's the guy I'd be targeting. What would you feel if they were to sign a guy like Mecole for that dual-purpose role? I'm not looking at a gangbuster signing price-wise, just a guy to fill the role.
1: Well, before I – I want to go back to your running back real quick. For me personally, I I would stick with Khalil Herbert. I'd give Khalil Herbert a chance. I mean – just because you have the money doesn't mean you have to spend all of it. It's like my son. Um, he gets Christmas money. He has to spend Christmas money. Um, I don't think you have to be that way at, as a GM. because I, I like Khalil Herbert. Now, you could definitely bring someone in. You could draft somebody. Um, Sean Tucker, please. Sean Tucker. I, I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. Bring in somebody. But My, my big thing is, is with the wide receiver, yes, you want speed. What, what, do, what do fast wide receivers do? They pull safeties out of the box. What do you want to do if you're the Chicago Bears and this offense? You want to run the ball, whether it be with Khalil Herbert, you sign Damian Harris, Miles Sanders, big, big fan. Although as a Miles Sanders guy, I'd like to have him to get away from the rushing QB so maybe he could get some rushing touchdowns. That's another, that's another to podcast. Steve, more than anything. He was
0: always an outside zone runner. He's a guy that would fit perfectly in like a Shanahan system going down to Miami, but he – He's not built to run in that Philadelphia between the tackle zone. It, it just doesn't work for him.
1: Perfect. So I, I, I want, yes, fast. Give me speed. Speed kills. We saw what adding speed did to the Miami Dolphins. Speed, literally. Now, in fairness, Tyreek Hill is one of the best wide receivers in all of the NFL. He is both fast and quick. But so is Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. And we added Raheem Mostert, who's a former track guy. And what happened? Tua became a lot better quarterback. What has been my biggest knock on Justin Fields is he has to be a better passer of the ball. And not that McCole Hardman is going to make him a better passer of the ball, but he is going to make things a lot clearer. I think Fields is a see-it-then-throw-it guy. He's never going to be an anticipatory guy where he throws wide receivers open. Cool. I want him to be able to use his legs. I want him to be able to move around, extend plays, run when he has to. Because here's the thing, he's already had at least three injuries that I can think of in the pros, and, yes, he's played through them now. But we saw a man a lot bigger than him named Cam Newton, physically bigger, like height and weight. Andrew Luck, bigger, height and weight. Ben Roethlisberger, bigger, height and weight. And that style runs you down. You can't take those beatings forever. So I want want a fast guy to give him – more lanes to run. So I think a guy like Nicole Hardman with legit speed, who serves a dual purpose is to be able to kick returner. I think that's a fine option. You don't want to overextend at the wide receiver position. You already made a trade that I don't love, but that, that was not a trade you made. That's a trade that as the new GM you inherited. And you, you can't continue to put a ton of resources in the wide receiver position. So I think based on all of those factors uh, of need, usefulness to the offense and skills brought to the table. I think McCole Hardman would be a fine choice.
0: Yeah. And the secondary wide receiver option for me, they're exactly the same projected at around $10 million to $11 million a year, which is completely doable for a serviceable wide receiver. We just paid Byron Pringle $6 million, so you can't talk me out of anything around 10 million for a guy that I've seen do it. Um Alan Lazard knows the system, knows the Getse system. Like I said, not going to go back to Green Bay based off of the way that he was talking in his post-game presser of this last game. Um, I I think it would be a good fit. I think we'll probably have to overpay a little bit for him, which I would rather not. There's a little bit of a redundancy when it comes to Claypool with a big-body guy, but that's another dude with a ton of speed that is very good at deep balls. Um, Moving on to the tight end position, um, two guys – one, I don't think is leaving Jacksonville and Evan Ingram. I think he'd be stupid to with what he's been doing this last year. I think they're going to resign him and they would be idiots not to. Um, but backup plan, another guy, another guy that knows Getse's system, Robert Tanyan. Uh, we have a good blocking tight end in Cole Komet, but he hasn't shown the flashes in the passing game. Tanyan is kind of the opposite. Tanyan has been in a very electric wide receiver, specifically in the red zone for Green Bay. And he knows this system in and out. He's been in it his entire career. He's a guy that's going to come very cheap. His projected cap number is $4 million a year. He's a guy that comes in and probably plays a pretty significant role in those two tight end sets that we are inevitably going to be running with this run first offense. So those are the two tight ends that I'd be looking for. Do you think Tanyan would be potentially a pretty good fit for this?
1: I do, and and while you brought that up, and you were bringing it up, I was uh, pulling up another guy that I think you can get cheap. That might be because he's a good blocking tight end. Uh, is Austin Hooper uh, yeah. another guy? Another guy who's who's going to be cheap. He's going to be on his fourth team. Um, these are the kind of things that that I want the Bears to do. Um, yeah. I think it's boring. I think it lacks sizzle. I think it lacks splash. I think those are the things that I, I agree with everything from the offensive side of the ball. This is a fantasy football, so we won't jump too deep into the defensive side of the ball. Now, from a draft picks perspective, you, you got the 101. Um, now, you as a Colts fan, we're going to be doing a mock draft series you're doing within our patron, and I'm sure you'll broadcast some of that as podcasts later mm-hmm. in the offseason. I'm going to play Chris Ballard. You're going to play Ryan Poles, and you're trying to move me that 101 for a a dump truck full of things. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty frugal. I got, maybe I got that from, from Chris Ballard, but, but who is in the draft? You have the one, you have the 56 and you have the 65. Those are your three best picks. Um, Let's just stick to the one for, for this show. We'll have you back another time. Um, What are you doing with the one hundred one? Who are you approaching? Who are your targets? Obviously the Colts is is a target, but what are you trying to do? And then I, I will let you answer that question and then i'll let you answer this one if no one bites if no one moves up and gives you what you want who are you drafting with the 101
0: yeah um i think that there is a zero percent chance that the chicago bears are sitting at 101 when the 101 is picked um i just really do i from just a understanding of quarterback is always a need. The fact that there are seven teams right now with a guy that is just up in the air, who's going to be their quarterback next year. I don't care where they trade to. I just care that they trade ultimately Um, the team that makes the most sense, even if we don't get, you know, that dump truck that I'm trying to get from you in our little experiment. uh, The Colts just make too much sense because with the bears moving from one to four, That gives us what little draft capital or potentially a player, if you guys are trying to get out, uh, the guy that I proposed to you was DeForest Buckner, which is our biggest need as a D-tackle, comes in a trade, we get an extended piece, an extra draft pick, or an extra player, we move down, and we still get one of the top two defensive linemen to help us as well. A trade like that, that I envision, that would be the perfect scenario is trading down from one to four with the Colts for Buckner, the fourth. And if you didn't want to give up a second, then the 79th pick, the one that you guys got for Washington for the Wentz pick, you would give up a third Buckner and the four overall to move up to number one. You guys get your bona fide quarterback that you want by getting out of a large contract in Buckner. We get our D tackle that we want. And then I. The guy I'm targeting above all else, because I think if we don't trade for a guy like Buckner, we're going to be throwing every bag possible at De'Ron Payne from Washington. I think we go after Will Anderson because then you get a literally a guy in three years in Alabama. He had over 200 pressures on the quarterback in three years, just like. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> the average for like a pro bowler in the NFL is around 150. So in three years, he had 50 more pressures than an average pro bowler. Yes, I understand it's Alabama. I understand their schedule, stuff like that. But this guy is a freak of an athlete in a freak run disruptor, a pass disruptor. He's always in the backfield. And you saw it against Kansas state, unfortunately in the bowl game that I watched every second of him, just constantly berating the running backs in the backfield and the quarterback. So that's my ideal trade back package is picking up Buckner from you guys and taking Will Anderson. Will that happen? Probably not the next team that I'm looking to move back with, even though it's inner division Detroit, Detroit makes a lot of sense. I think Detroit would move up. Uh, Now, do I think they're going to move on from Goff when he was, arguably the most efficient quarterback of the last two months of the season. Probably not. Um, But that 6-7 to range, specifically the Raiders, is about as far as I will feasibly drop back because Miles Murphy is my cutoff when it comes to defensive linemen and any further back than that. It's 100% wide receiver territory, which we better be getting like three first-round picks if I'm going from taking the best player in the draft to a wide receiver that might hit. That's just kind of where I'm at.
1: Well, I'm going to throw out one for you, and maybe it's a little bit – I do like Atlanta. I like Atlanta as a trade possibility. Um, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and that's as far back as I would like to go. But I have one that I don't like as a Colts fan, all right? Mm-hmm. But what about Tennessee at eleven? The player, that yeah. I, the player that I want Chicago to draft above all others, and I know they need help on defense, and I know Matt Eberflus, former D.C. defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, is uh, you know a defensive guy. They drafted a safety in a corner with their first two picks last year. I, I think you maybe look at AFC. You want to get these young, talented QBs the hell out of your conference. Yeah. You know, you 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 want to battle like right now in the NFC. It's it's like Jalen Hurts, uh, uh, old Matt Stafford, hurt Kyler Murray. There's no one in the AFC South. You know, I, I mean, I think the Lions will stick with golf for a year. Why would you make them better? So why not Tennessee at 11? Because the guy that I want your Bears to draft. I know you mentioned McCole Hardman. We talked about some other wide receivers. I'm a big believer in making my quarterback as comfortable as possible. When you go off to college, you get nervous. Mom sends you a care package. It's got your favorite chocolate chip cookies in it. It's got all the comforts of home. Who, who in this draft would be all the comforts of Ohio State, Scarlet and Crimson? It's Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. You're,
0: you're talking to the Ohio State guy, man. Uh, and, if and, I have the entire Ohio State offense on my team, I would. But I don't and, know.
1: and it's a move that I think the Tennessee Titans would entertain. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what they would be able to give up in a package other than picks. But if you're Tennessee, I mean, you're looking at the, you know, the Jaguars have their quarterback. They have Trevor Lawrence. You know Houston's going to get a quarterback. The Colts more than likely at four, especially if they can move up to three with Arizona for a cheaper price, they're going to get their quarterback. You cannot, as the Tennessee Titans, with that team, you cannot go into 2023 with with currently, as we sit here today, Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs, and God knows what they're going to do with with Ryan Tannehill. So Tennessee feels like you get him out of the conference. It, It feels like it never comes back to bite you in the butt. I think because you're willing to move back from one to eleven, and actually, you know, I don't mind if you're the if you're the Bears moving back twice. Maybe you do talk because of the relationship with Matt Eberflus and the Colts. Maybe they do talk the Colts and to make yeah. it a trade. I don't. I would love for the Bears to trade back twice.
0: Yeah. No. Try, we're
1: going to trade from I one to four. Sims.
0: I beat him in the ground. So Tennessee is definitely one of them. The, the one guy I would be including in the package, I would be staunch about it with Tennessee. I want Jeffrey Simmons. That's what yeah, I want.
1: Good, good, good luck with, with a Mike Vrabel-led Vrabel team. But I think that's how you just continue to, to build this thing up. But uh, if I'm helping you, if I'm your – I don't know who the Bears' assistant GM, but if I'm your assistant GM – that's the move. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be like, look, Dallas, sir, because I work for you at this point now. Dallas, sir, listen. we cannot leave this draft without Jackson Smith and jigba. It just makes too much sense. I don't know what it does for his dynasty value, which is the main the main point of the dynasty war zone and we look at rookies from that standpoint because I think it's still going to be a low volume offense. Mm-hmm. but I, I I think in, in Jigma is going to be I heard a comp of him to, to Cooper Cup. I don't think I see that. Uh, but I, th- the
0: one that I am pretty firm on right now is Amon Ross St. Brown.
1: It's, sold American from a dynasty perspective, sold. Yeah, it,
0: it, it, but the, the thing I want to stress is he has some athleticism that Amon Ross does not have. And I uh, like from being an Ohio State guy, I would love nothing more than a double trade down. Like if that's the situation, that's why I really like Detroit in the mocks. I understand it's not going to happen with Goff just because of that second first round pick that they have at 18. I don't know if JSN's gonna go as high as I would like him to, even though I have him still as the wide receiver one in the class over Quentin Johnson. But when you go back, you can look at interviews. There was a a three-person interview with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and JSN. And JSN is sitting there while they are talking about him they both firmly believe that he is the best wide receiver that they have ever seen in person, ever. And you're talking about the two guys that led rookie wide receivers in receptions, receiving yards, and both of them broke 1,000 yards as true rookies with terrible quarterback play. And they're telling you the guy coming out this year is better than both of them.
1: Well, I, this, is a, this is a dynasty podcast, so let's go out on a dynasty note. Unless he gets drafted in a proper position. So this is my early 20, we're wrapping up 2022 rookies, but this is my bold early 2023 rookie prediction. I'm, I'm a big believer that out of sight, out of mind. And I think Jackson Smith and Jigba has played so little football this year. He's been so overshadowed, fairly or unfairly, by Marvin Harrison Jr., and, amazing, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I think that he's going to be the guy that becomes the biggest rookie value in this class. And maybe he doesn't go to the bears, but yeah. again, I talked about Garrett Wilson earlier. I like, I think Smith and Jigba's game. I think JSN is going to be his name going forward. I think JSN and his game really translate to the way the NFL plays in 2023. I think people are going to get super hype about Clinton Johnson. Um, as you know from Traylon Burks and Chase Claypool, I don't think the NFL's played like that anymore. I don't think those six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound, you know, big body guys. I don't think it translates like it did back in the day with Dez and, and guys like that. I, I think this is a new league that that runs different concepts. So I still like JSN, but Dallas, listen, man, we're just over an hour. I appreciate you jumping away from South Dakota to home to help mm-hmm. me co-host this podcast. We'll talk a lot about the bears. I just thought, man, there's so much bears talk and rightfully so, you know, the the bears haven't had the number one overall pick, I think since like 1940. Yeah. It was 1941 was the 1941. Last time we- yeah. So, so bears fans have a lot to be excited about for the first time since uh, Sid Luckman. It feels like the bears have got a QB. They can really build around, um, and a lot to be excited about because they are going to get a lot of opportunity to do something with that 101. Dallas. Please tell us some more about the rookie rundown. When you start planning on pumping out content, it'll be right here on this feed. So if you don't subscribe, if you normally, and I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm guilty of this. There's some podcasts out there that I love that I don't subscribe to because I just try to remember now is the time to subscribe. You can unsubscribe in May. But Dallas is going to be dropping the goodness. So for the Dynasty Warzone, you want to subscribe at least through like your rookie drafts, so you don't miss this guy talking rookies. Dallas, what's coming up with the rookie with the rookie business?
0: Yeah, I should have another episode. Actually, I'm planning on recording it tomorrow, so it will be whenever you want to drop that next one. But then it should be pretty much weekly all the way through the draft and into the summer. Now at this point, um, like I said, I'm going to be doing my next episode over going over the bull standouts. Um, the guys that helped and hurt their Scott, uh, stock the most. Um, I'll give you an insight. One of the guys that I was not super high on beforehand was Kenny McIntosh, and I think that he earned himself some money throughout this uh, bowl progression and national championship victory for Georgia. Um, but I'll be doing that, and then I just start diving into prospects. Like I said, I'm going to be focusing on guys that are not in the first or early second round pick-wise. am going to be focusing a lot on those sleeper guys, a lot of guys that – I've personally been getting DM questions about um, guys like Rasheed Rice, guys asking if Zay Flowers is actually as fast as people think he is. Um, A lot of these wide receivers and a lot of the running backs, I'm telling you, Sean Tucker is the most slept on running back in the world right now. He's going to run in the four threes, and he's going to weigh in at 210 to 215. Going to be a monster. Um, But there's just a lot of prospects that people aren't talking about that I'm going to make you talk about. Um, Cause that's kind of what the rookie rundown is about. And I would like to push the envelope a little bit and take a little bit of a hot take. Um, but you know, I, I own my faults and I also definitely don't let you forget where I told you so. So it, it's the fun part about rookie season. Uh, it just makes me, you know, egotistical.
1: <laughs> well, I am excited for it. Um, as long as we have it and uh, I can get it uh, uploaded. Well, the goal will be to have Dallas featured every Monday it's a yep. spot he was in a lot last year during rookie season. His show will drop on Monday. Uh, you never know when he might hit record, though. So if you want to get Dallas's content early, go to YouTube. Subscribe to search Dynasty Warzone. You'll find us. Subscribe. You never know. Um, Tyler and Lou might be doing some playoff DFS for you. Um, I'm going to be here. I'm fired up to do more content than ever. Again, the regular season's a grind, but we're past that. Uh, I think I've got like... Out of like all the leagues, I think I've got like three or four more people to get squared up. And like within a week of the conclusion of the NFL race, my goal, Dallas, is to have all the patron leagues paid out before the first snap is played in the first playoff game. I think that'd be pretty good considering the number yeah. of leagues we have and, you know, uh, the, the the good people. But, man, make sure you're following everybody. Dallas, he's at salad, S-A-L-L-A-D. That's Dallas backwards, at salad Galore. On Twitter, you can follow the show everywhere Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, wherever, at Dynasty Warzone. If you're not on social media and you have a question for us, you can email us. It's dynastywarzone at gmail. Shoot us your question, we'll get to it. Dallas, man, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a pleasure. It was a good, fun little chat and a good little, uh, I guess intro and dipping the toe in. And, and,
1: and, and, and you thought I was going to rough you up over your Chicago Bears. I, I, I <laughs> wanted to give you a platform to be excited about it because Bears fans have a lot to be excited about. And you do too because you're listening to the Dynasty Warzone. And remember, here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty and rookie content. See you guys. Enjoy the playoffs.
2: You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When
0: we
1: add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.